Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara via Zoom today. And we are pre-recording again uh, because uh, the real me again is probably coaching soccer right about now as you hear me. So uh, we have a special Halloween episode we're going to call Halloween Tricks or treats and uh, no, tricks and treats. I think that's that was the name of your uh, of your outline here, Dad. So uh, we have Mike McNamara alongside us. So hello, Michael. Standing by. All right, we're standing by, ready to roll. So what? Uh, why don't you start us off again? Halloween tricks and treats. Not it's not all that descriptive uh, to the listener out there. So why don't you give us a uh, an outline of what the show is going to be about before we jump in here? Sure. Okay. So uh, for the folks listening to us on the South Shore, this is a regular event, although Justin, you and I have never done one of these shows together. Oh, this is my first time. So uh, for you folks listening to us in the Merrimack Valley, you're in for a treat. As I shall say, <laughs> uh, what uh, what kind of has become a tradition and will continue as long as the old guy is still above uh, above ground is that uh, I do a, a Halloween show that we call Tricks and Treats. And I, I do some tongue in cheek uh, humor and or criticisms of a wide variety of uh, financial topics. Uh, and although we'll have some fun with them and, and they go all over the map in terms of of financial stuff. Uh, every one of them has a little nugget that, that I think is worthwhile, and uh, hopefully you, you'll agree with me at, at the end of the show. So we, we have many and varied kind of topics that are going to be covered here, and they're like quick hitters sort of a thing, and, and you'll, you'll kind of get into the format as we go along here. Uh, but, but basically, uh, we'll hop around, we'll have some fun, uh, but the points that we, we make will we'll hopefully some of them uh, ring true to you, and m- maybe they'll get you thinking about about some things that hopefully you could improve upon in your own life or get started with from our point of view. So uh, that, that that's kind of the big picture. And yeah, Justin, you haven't done one of these before, so we'll definitely have some fun. 
Okay. That's my first. I guess so. This was the first annual Halloween. The trick first. Or well, yeah, with us. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for WCAP, I, yeah. I usually do it with either Kirk or Alyssa, but I'm stuck with you this year. So what am I oh, going to do? You know, hey. That's for you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway. So, all right. So, folks, um, I also updated this because 2020 is such an exciting year. So, what I thought I'd do is spend however long it takes to go through my most current trick or treat uh, thingies, okay. and then whenever. We run out of that. I got about seven more pages of them, so I don't think we'll have any problem filling up the next couple of hours. Okay, uh, and folks, if you're just listening to this show, you get a twofer here in terms of uh, financial advisors. Both Justin and I are certified financial planners. I'm the old guy that leans towards the conservative. He's the young guy that leans towards the liberal. And boy, you get both ends of it here oh, on, yeah. the fi- on the finance. And sometimes we kind of leak into the political area one way or another. Uh, I occasionally go off in a little bit of a tirade or a tantrum and Justin kind of reins me back in, but that's what makes it fun for my You have a little less self-control than I do when it comes that, to, the, to the political that, talk. That is correct. And <laughs> uh, and folks, if, if you have listened to this show before, I'm the big picture guy who's not without his opinions and Justin's the detail guy who uh, gets into a lot of specifics sort of a thing. So hopefully we got both ends of the world covered in terms of the next couple hours here. So, all right, and so here we go. And, just to, and I'm sorry, before we start again, we, uh, yeah. we are doing a pre-record this time around because schedule uh, you know, we're not going to work for a Saturday recording. Uh, but if you do have questions, uh, you can always uh, shoot us an email, questions at McNamaraonmoney.com. Again, that's questions at McNamaraonmoney.com, and we will certainly get back to you. All right. So so the first two or three of them, they kind of leak into the political world. So we have to, oh. be, we have to be careful here. So it's, <laughs> it's in my intent to offend nobody, but maybe I'll offend everybody with some of my comments. So we'll, we'll just kind of see how that goes. Okay. And folks, all of these are, are from the heart or from the brain. So take it, take it the way it is. Okay. So the trick is that I think we have been fooled into thinking that there can only be two choices as to how our country should be governed. We have b- basically two political parties in this country, okay? And for some strange reason, every time we have a presidential election, 50 or 55% of the country goes one way and 45 or 50 goes the other way, and it's been like that forever, okay? So so here's, here's my problem. My, my problem is that whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or leaning one way or another, my question is, okay, if, if you vote for one party, do you believe in the entire party platform, do you believe in everything that they believe in? And do you believe so strongly that there's nothing that should be compromised in that political party platform? Because in my opinion, Republicans don't want to compromise about everything because they know everything. And Democrats don't want to compromise about everything because they know everything. And that's been fairly evident in, in the political excitement this year. My point is, we need to have more than two choices politically, I think, to have a better country and to have more voices, okay, that represent more interests, okay? And as an example of that, okay, uh, Germany is a very well-run country, okay, and Germany has multiple- At least this century, right? Okay, multiple <laughs> political parties, okay? So, so by the way, I, I think they've got about 20 political parties, okay, and I'm just going to read a few of them just to kind of give you an idea of the variety, okay? So, you ready for this? Okay. Ready. Ready. Christian Democratic Union of Germany. By the way, center right is how that would be classified, I guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Social Democratic Party of Germany, center left. Okay. Alternative for Germany. Okay. Uh, populist, Eurosceptic, uh, right wing. Okay. Euroskeptic. Skeptic, okay. I think was what you meant to read. Yeah. Yeah. Euroskeptic. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Free Democratic Party, liberal, classical liberal, economically liberal, center to center right. Okay. The left, left party, <laughs> I guess that would be left wing. Okay. And the Alliance 90 slash the Greens. The Greenie Party, Ooh, okay. if you will. Okay. And by the way, right now, all of those parties have representatives in the German government. Okay. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. And there is no one of those parties that has a majority where they can run the country. So kind of guess what happens? 
Uh, yeah. they, they have to get together and talk once in a while if they want to if they want to pass something uh, yeah. and, and uh, it, you know, maybe two or three parties have to come together and forge some compromises so they can all get a little bit of what's going on. And, and, and my, my generic comment, and I'm not a, a political wonk by any stretch, but, you know, multiple choices and multiple people for, from multiple places get their, be, have their platforms aired. And I think that's great. By the way, there's another, uh, there's three more parties that have at least one percent of the vote, so they're not very big. There's the Pirate Party of Germany. Don't ask me what that is. There's the National Democratic Party of Germany, ultra-nationalist, neo-Nazi. And then there's the Free Voters. And then there's about 15 other parties that right now don't have any representation. What's my point? My point is that the Democrats of the world don't have every solution in the world solved in their platform. And by the way, if you're listening to me and you're a Democrat, the same thing goes for the Republicans. And by the way, how many folks that are going to vote Democrat or Republican know what the entire party platform is, you know, versus some other things? So my only point is we need to work on some multiple choice in America to get a lot of different voices heard. And I think, you know, the idea of a multi-party system has a lot of merit. So so the treat is I think we should treat ourselves, okay, to a multi-party system. And I know that's a long way away with all the that's money goodness. that flows into those coffers. I'm trying to be liberal and, and optimistic here. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, yeah. Any comments about that or what? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I certainly – I would agree with that. I think I, I wonder if, um, you know, some of the voting, you know, some of the voting changes that we're seeing now, I mean, you know, in, here in Massachusetts, we have ranked choice voting on the ballot. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously the, it's it's been enacted in a few different states. I think I think reforms like that probably would would be helpful. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. it's sort of the the all or nothing nature of a two party system makes it difficult. And then, you know, you get into a situation where you have essentially you know, par- parties moving further and further apart because there's no real, um, you know, there's no real incentive for them to work together, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a one. It's it's sort of it's zero. It's very zero sum. Yep. Uh, and that's you know sort of I think sort of leads to the extremism and, and yep. the fact that everybody hates you know everyone hates everybody. Uh, yeah. Each party not- has high moral ground according to them and high ethical ground, and and there's no compromise and that's just not right. So so the yeah. trick is we've been tricked into having a two party system and the treat is. I hope we treat ourselves treat ourselves to a more uh, a multi-party system over time. That way, everybody gets to be heard a bit, and I think that's a pretty nice idea, actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I like I, the whole I like the whole European coalition building thing that they have going on. But I think we're I yeah. think we're a long way away from that. I think. Yeah. We, Doesn't mean we shouldn't be heading down that road. Yeah. And you know, people vote. Well, I'm going to vote for this guy because I hate that guy, and it's a lesser of two evils. Well, well, yeah. If we keep voting that way. It'll never get that way. So, you know, folks, if you if you like, there are some other parties that you would vote for. By the way, I generally vote libertarian, okay, in presidential elections. Uh, and, you know, and if more and more people voted for that, even though they think their vote wouldn't count, we might get to have some more political parties with some more political clout. But who knows? Yeah. I'm, I'm just observing the problem. Okay. It'd be nice one. If there'd be nice yeah. if there was a place nationally for, uh, you know, just for a guy like Charlie Baker. I'm, I'm certainly no Republican, as you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I, I just, you know, I, I, again, we don't talk. We don't talk politics too, too much here, so I'm not all that comfortable. But yeah, uh, I, I don't think I've ever. Rarely do uh, does Charlie Baker do something that I disagree with. Uh, yeah. But you know what? And I say, hey, why can't he be president? And the answer is, yeah. our current system will, you know, certainly would not allow that. There's no yeah. way someone that yeah. moderate would be able to get through a. Yeah, the, the Republicans Republican. hate him and the Democrats like him. Well, wait a minute. Right. What's wrong yeah. with this picture, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. generically speaking. Okay. Anyway, moving along. Okay. So, okay, this the trick, uh, and it's been a miserable trick, is that we weren't prepared to deal with this pandemic that's been growing across this country and the world, okay? Mm-hmm. And we've been kind of fumbling around trying to kind of fix this. And we've got 50 different states with 50 different solutions. And and it's been a terrible time and we're working on it. But the, the treat is that I'm pretty sure we're going to be better prepared next time for something like this because hopefully we'll learn a whole lot of things yeah. sci- scientifically and politically to, to make it work a whole lot better the next time around. So that's just kind of a wish. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, unfortunately they're they're well, I guess fortunately they're not all that frequent. So hopefully, all the yeah. things we're learning now yeah. won't be won't be all that useful. But hey, you know, hey, we'll see. 
So we're agreed on the first two, Justin. That's pretty cool. Okay. So far, move, so good. <laughs> moving right along. Where did you come from? Well, anyway? wait, when you take, when you're taking, are you sure when you're you my son? Liberal side, when you take the liberal side, we're going to tend to agree, right? <laughs> are you sure you're my son? Two. Let me yeah. check with your mother on that. Okay, I'm uh, moving along. <laughs> I told you this was going to be a fun show. Okay, so moving along. Okay, um, trick the financial markets and the economy tanked in 2020. Oh, what a ride it's been from the financial markets and the economy. Just miserable, miserable, miserable time Okay, for a whole lot of people. And it's, it's, it's very, very unfortunate. Okay, well, the, the treat is that we chose to do that. Okay, we chose to shut down the economy to save human lives. Okay, uh, and yep, there has been some suffering on that side, but this is the first recession we ever chose to cause, to, to, and it's also the first market crash we ever chose to cause, and I'm perfectly fine with that. We did it for good reason. Yeah, so, or at least part, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, not fully chose, but yeah, we... Well, we did. I mean, we, we had to shut down, okay, different things, and the economy tanked as a result of those shutdowns, but the reason behind it was we're a country that values human life very strongly, and I'm okay with that. I think it's, I, yeah. I think that's great. Okay. It is, yeah, it is strange. I mean, odds are, if we hadn't done anything, there probably still would have, I mean, there there very well may have still been a recession in, yeah. in the economy uh, and the market still probably would have dropped at least somewhat but uh yeah you're right we did we did volunteer for part of the part of the pain and you know again i think it was the right move um yeah okay and- uh, on the unfortunately on the other side and actually this is the next one so let's do it right to there so the trick is and this is a really bad trick is that there are many many people in this country uh who are financially struggling uh and and just getting by paycheck to paycheck and this awful thing has messed a lot of those folks up even even more and that's, that's just a, a tragedy it, it truly is and and I think that the treat is that there is no treat about this this we, we need to figure out a way to fix this uh, and to prevent it from happening again okay and, and along that way we don't want to entitle anybody or or whatever we, we just want to find the right way to deal with all this so uh, am I sounding like a re- relative liberal here so far you really this, are. Is, this is a little scary I'm getting I mean, a little mellow Okay. <laughs> I don't. Th- I think you've always, you, you know, you spend time on tax policy, which is, yeah. uh, you know, there's, you, there's certainly reasonable criticisms of tax yeah. policy. I think the country would be sort of better off if we could, you know, it, it would take the, it would take the, oh, the, uh, you know, the, you know, for, you know, the old, remember the old Mitt Romney comment, 47% of the Americans, you know, don't, I forget if it was 47, pay all the taxes or don't he, pay taxes. He, that's, that's accurate, by the way. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it would, it yep. would be great to, right. It would be, it would be great to take that uh, argument off the table by, you know, by economic, with economic policy that raised the incomes of, you know, the, of the lower rent, right? I mean, you can't have, you can't have folks making, you know, li- working on, you know, the federal minimum wage, which is incredibly low, and then ask them to say, hey, you know, you're, I know you're making 25 grand a year here, but, you know, why don't you kick more in for, for the federal income tax, right? There's, there's really, you know, there really isn't yeah. any room to do that. But uh, if we could raise incomes across the board through economic policy, then I, you know, then it would be better sort of for everybody. Then it would, it would, the tax system would seem more fair, quote unquote, to the higher end because everyone would be able to afford more and thus could pay more. And I think it would be, I think, you know, I think we yeah. both agree on that. It's not, unfortunately, not easy to, uh, to do. Yeah. And, and I'm perfectly, per, personally uncomfortable with, with the term liberal or the term conservative, because when you hear that these days, you got a picture of somebody and where they're coming from. And that's, that's right now. It's, that's, that's not necessarily. It's team way, liberal and team conservative. Right yeah. Now, if, if we have, if we <laughs> yeah. have conservatives out there, uh, are you conservative at everything else in the life that you do? Or are there some subjects or issues that, that you're, you would lean towards the more liberal side? And, and the same thing, same question to liberals. Okay. So I, I think we get into names and categories and, well, we don't think much about that anymore, and I think that's unfortunate. Uh, We've but been anyway. divided and conquered. Well, yeah, or something like that. Okay, so anyway, all right, so here we go. Trick. In 2020, we had the fastest bear market in history. By the way, folks, uh, the general definition of a bear stock market is it goes down at least 20%. 
well the United States stock market as as uh, represented by the Standard & Poor's 500, the 500 biggest publicly traded companies in America. It crashed. Can I use that exciting word? It crashed and burned. It went down 34%, okay, earlier this year in 33 days. Okay. Okay. If you go back to 1966, according to the Schwab chart book I read this morning, okay, the average bear market since 1966 is 15 months. We've gone from 15 months to 33 days. Okay. So, so we've had the fastest bear market in history. That that's that that's miserable, and that's the trick. Well, so from top to bottom. So top from bottom, and by the way, that was from February 19th to March 23rd. If you're okay, because 1987 we had it. It was well, it was the big one day, but then it must have yeah. continued on for longer yep. after yeah, that. It yeah, it did. Yep. Okay. Okay. So that's the trick. The fastest ever loving bear market in history. Okay. Uh, and here's the treat. In 2020, we had the fastest bull market recovery ever in history. It was 123 days. By the way, the average bull market runs about three and a half to four years. Okay, and and so far we got all of the bear market back and then some in a mere 123 days. Okay, so all, all of this happens in less than a six month period of time. Yeah. There there is nobody listening to this or nobody that was ever alive that experienced a bear market and a bull market in a six month period of time. We're we're in new territory in terms of the excitement we're having, you know, with the ups and downs of the economy and and, and the markets. Uh, you know. Th- Thankfully, the the rules of portfolio diversification still apply. I guess that's a treat in all of this. But but oh yeah, the, yeah, that, that's treat number two. Treat number one is it recovered in 123 days, and by the end of July, you were up for the year. Even even though we had this scary you know time in February and March and early April. And the second treat is that yeah, if you have a diversified portfolio, it still works even though things happen at a faster rate. Okay, so that that's just kind of where that is. Any comment on that? Uh, yeah, no, no, it was it was very strange. I think it, 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 you know, for especially for us as advisors, you know, you go through a you know a pretty a pretty severe. Uh, bear market. I mean, not not in the total down. I mean, not, not in the total downturn sense, right? Obviously, we you know the, we we've had worse than those in the last twenty years. But uh, it was strange to talk with clients in the aftermath of a bear market that was pretty scary. And you, there you are talking to them, two, you know, two three months later and saying, "Oh, well, you know what? It's not that bad. Here's some here's how much money you have." <laughs> and people sort of said, "Oh, yeah." There was a lot of surprise, I think, right? Because yeah. you know, especially our clients, we. Yeah. You know, we try to prepare them and say, "Hey, if if it's going to make you, uh, if it's going to make you, or if it's psychologically difficult for you to look at your statements when the market's down, then just don't do it, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's always easier to get through that. And you know, we say the old, "Hey, don't look at your statements; it'll make it easier on you." Not that everybody listens to us, but uh, yeah, we think all, I, I think a lot of our folks do follow that advice. And then, but then if they happen to be talking to us at a given time, you know, we'll certainly let them know how they're doing. And and we got a lot of surprised uh, answers saying, "Oh, is that how much?" <laughs> I have. Okay. Yeah, oh, you know, and, and another thing, and this is par for the course for the media. So somewhere around July or August, when we've had the bull market and we're mostly recovered, what do I start seeing popping up in the financial press? Ah, we may have a second bear market in 2020. Oh, good. We've had the shortest one ever. Let's have a couple. In a, you know, what? why not scare the hell out of everybody in the world by, oh, yeah, sort of a thing. So it's just, yeah. just kind of silly. But anyway, folks, uh, things are happening faster. And they and they may be more exciting, uh, but but take comfort uh, if you have a diversified portfolio, you're probably still alive. If you have a diversified portfolio and didn't do anything about it, you're probably still alive given the circumstances. Okay, so we're just coming up on a break, so I got time for like one more here. Couple minutes. Yep. All uh, right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So okay. Uh, trick. Oh, this is a good one to end on. Uh, we seem to have a very divided country this year. I guess probably <laughs> no one would disagree with that, right? Uh, that is, yeah. that's a pretty good statement. I can't wait for the treat here. What, what's it? You're hey, gonna, you're gonna, I'm getting, you're I'm getting solve mellow. This one for us too. No, I'm, I'm getting mellow. Okay, no, this is a plea. Uh, okay, we we need everybody needs to treat 
people with different opinions, with respect, and seek ways to work together. Okay, just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't mean you should shoot them, you should yell at them, or you should, you know, fight, have a, come on, folks, get over it, okay? We, we, we need to kind of respect each other and our views and our feelings and be civil and, and walk away from things like that. We, we the, the emotion that goes along, and by the way, I hope it's just the extremes, okay, that, that are divided, and those are the ones that get most of the press either way. I, I don't know if we're as divided as we appear to be, but we certainly, have uh, 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 some division there to whatever degree you want to measure that. But anyway, that's just kind of a hope for the future. Uh, you know, we'll survive th this election. And by the way, folks, it doesn't matter who's president long term with regard to a, a good or bad effect on the economy or the markets. And uh, we've had several pieces we publish uh, to that end. So it, it, we don't mean to be casual, but, you know, can't we all get along and figure something out? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, if you have high moral ground and everything you believe in is is uh, correct and there's no compromise well shame on you because that's not the way the world is i guess so yeah how's that i'd say that's good yeah i, I don't know I, I wish i had solutions to this i mean mine is i stay off social media and that and yeah. that way i can uh i don't know i feel like i'm not i feel like i'm not as radicalized as some other folks out there you know what i Here mean you go. Especially all right if you're in your bubble we got we got a break oh. we got to do it listen perfect folks we'll be right back We're back. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara, uh, alongside Mike McNamara for his annual Halloween tricks and treats show. Uh, and we are going through so far uh, a sort of a, a politically skewed first half hour there. But I think it's going to get I think we're going to get more fun looking ahead here. It's going to get a little bit more financial yeah. uh, as we go through the show. Uh, we are pre-recording today, just so you know, uh, if you do have questions about what we're talking about or anything else, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, our uh, our email address is questions at McNamara on money dot com. And what's the I think we'll jump into the next topic. The the uh, the <laughs> our most recent <laughs> we seem very divided. Seems like a it, it seems like a, a, a long a long discussion potentially. Yeah. So maybe we should move on from that one. Yeah. Well, and by the way, I hope I've either offended nobody or offended everybody equally and got people thinking about some things. Yeah, I think you're you know? sticking. I think you're sticking mostly to the facts here. I yeah. am. I am. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, anyway. All right. So here we go. Trick our country and many countries throughout the world are borrowing huge, huge amounts of money that they can't possibly pay back. Okay. Pre pretty, pretty scary. Okay. okay. Well, I think they can, I mean, so that they could, they, they could pay it back. Yeah. But well, they, they haven't, they haven't for 50, right. we haven't for 50 years, but that's okay. Right. Okay. So what do you think the prospects are? Okay. Uh, any, Anyway, let, let me get to the treat. We can start talking about this. So the treat is there is no treat. And there's more tricks to come uh, because uh, if we continue down this path, uh, there's a pretty good chance that we'll have some like nasty inflation and or the world that our kids and grandkids will inherit will be more difficult to live in because we got a whole bunch of borrowed money we got to pay interest on, never mind even paying it back. You know, right, right now, there's, uh, well, by the way, global debt, I, I sent you this, so you already know this, but the global debt for countries that are in, in debt is $255 trillion, okay? And, and as of this month, our United States debt is a shade under $23 trillion with a T, dollars, okay? Which, by the way, if you divided that, by every person in the United States. If everybody in the United States could write a check for $69,060 to the government, we'd be even. You want to think about that for a minute? How much? Okay. Our deficit, our, our $22.8 trillion deficit yeah. equals $69,060 per person. Oh, per person, uh, per person. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah, per person. So, oh, um, <laughs> so, so you, we need five checks from you, okay, for sixty nine thousand so dollars. I'm, I'm on the hook okay. for three fifty for the fam. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, so I, I go back to the it will never get paid off, okay, and either we'll just print money and increase inflation. Yeah. And the scary part is that that um, the the interest on the you know there's a a percentage of our national debt 
Okay, our 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 budget every year goes to pay off that interest. Yeah, the well, debt service costs. Yeah, yeah, the debt service costs, and I I don't know exactly what they are right now, and I should have researched that. But okay, uh, you know, if we have if we have to pay off debt. I think it's eight or ten percent of the U.S. budget, and I think it's climbing. But the, don't quote me on that, folks. But the short story is, we have to, as a normal expense, pay pay down debt. That's just money we can't use for something else. To be perfectly honest with you, and that's kind of scary. Okay, uh, and and then there's a frightening kind of a corollary to that. Right now, interest rates are low, and by the way. There may be a government conspiracy going on here, Justin. Oh, hey, it's it, it's the it's the conspiracy here. <laughs> to, <laughs> to throw to, another one out there. <laughs> to, to to keep interest rates low, so we don't have to pay a lot of interest on the government debt. Sure. All right, think about that now. Yeah. Okay. I'm only being semi-serious, but but it's it, to our advantage to keep interest rates really low. By the oh, way, yeah. atten attention savers and retired folks, sorry about that. Okay, but but think about that, okay? Uh, you know, it's in our best interest, okay, to keep in, in debts low because yeah. if, if the interest goes higher, okay, we, we get to have to pay more money. Well, okay. if you, I mean, I have, I do have the number, the 2019 number yeah. uh, from the CBO, yeah. Congressional Budget Office, yeah. uh, was... Let's see. The cost of service in the federal debt for the fiscal year 2019 was 269 billion dollars. That seems fairly low, but again, you know, you're talking about very low interest rates, and, and all yeah. of a sudden, you know, if interest rates go from next to zero up to you know five or even six or seven or eight percent, you know, you could be talking about uh, you know hundreds of billions of dollars in debt service as opposed to uh, you know the the mere you know, 269, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe even get to a trillion if, the, if yeah. the rates get high enough. But by the way, a couple other things. I'm not done on this one. Okay. This is okay. a biggie. Well, this, is, right. your, so, this is one of your, this is one oh, of your favorites. Well, it, it is. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so, okay. If you had a trillion dollars in $100 bills. Right. Okay. Okay. You, you probably read this, but if you didn't oh. take a, Take a guess. Take a guess at how much a trillion dollars in one hundred dollar bills weighs. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to put a trillion 20, dollars in perspective here. Twenty right tons. Now. So I okay. have no idea. Twenty-two thousand pounds. Oh wow. Okay. Ele pounds. Eleven tons, by the way. Eleven tons. Okay. You want to think about that for a minute? That's a okay. lot of dollar bills. Okay. <laughs> or, or, by the way, one more little trillion dollar factoid here. Okay. If you spent a dollar a second, yep. it would take you 32,000 years to, <laughs> to spend $1 trillion. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Before we leave that, I have to take a little sidebar that's honestly connected to this, folks. So just bear with me. Okay. We have this new monetary policy surfacing in the last year or two, okay? And it's called modern monetary theory or modern monetary policy, okay? And, and I'm at, at the Wikipedia page on the website, and I want to explain what modern monetary theory involves, okay? You can pay for goods, services, and other financial assets without a need to collect money in the form of taxes or debt issuance in advance of such purposes. We, we don't need to, to, to basically collect taxes or borrow money to pay, okay? We, you cannot be forced into default, okay, if we print our own money, and basically we're just going to print money as we need it to do what we need to do with it, okay? That is absolutely frightening, because all of a sudden, this modern monetary theory allows people to think, well, we can even borrow, rates are so low, we can even borrow more money, and it doesn't matter, and our kids and grandkids and future generations won't at all be infected by us just printing money abandoned to pay for anything. That's frightening from my point of view and kind of related to the debts that we're at and where interest rates are, so... Where did you hear about this? <laughs> I'm, I'm re you haven't you haven't been smacked in the face with this. I have not. Okay, well, you know, well, I'll have to school you after the show here, Justin. Now, is this like? I'm a, glad you learned something about that. I am. I'll have to. I will have to read up on modern monetary theory. Modern MNP, modern monetary theory, uh, and, and it's basically 
Uh, I'm sorry. It's a liberal plot to spend more money, Justin. We oh, it's, li- no. it's, okay. it's li- is it liberals? Oh, no, no. It, or it's is a, this is just a... it, it, Let's say it's from liberal economists. How's that? I would say. Okay. That, and, and the deal is, if we want something, we just print more money. And if we get in trouble, we just print more money. And if we need to raise income in America, we just print more money. You, you know, there's something bad that happens if you keep doing that down the road. There are like some consequences. Okay, you, you can, you know. But anyway, we'll we'll leave that and move along. I'm starting. Sounds to This sounds like it might it might work if you were in a in maybe like in a closed system. But in well, it is if you have a world your own where currency. there's yeah. freedom of movement and yeah. you can and people can just leave. I think you might yeah. you might get yourself into some well. Trouble. By the way, it no, it it works for like Argentina and Brazil and those third world countries. They yeah. def- they default every eight or ten years everybody wipes out all the debts and they just print more money and it's okay okay so yeah i I don't i don't think we want to go down that road because it's kind of scary some of the things that happen but i digress and let's move on all right we'll have to read that we'll do homework for next week all right now now we're getting to kind of you know like regular stuff maybe okay well anyway so the trick oh no i'm gonna skip the 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 treat this is a treat first right so that the treat is that mortgage rates just hit an all-time low on October 15th of this year, 2.8% for a 30-year mortgage. Wow. That's that's the treat. Think about that. By the way, they've been hitting all-time lows for the last couple of years here based on where interest rates are going. But but think about this. A 30-year mortgage, yeah. 2.8%. So that's the treat. Aha. You ask, well, what could possibly be the trick? Well, the, the trick, folks, is number one. There's a few tricks built into that one. The trick is that just means real estate prices are higher because there's more people running around trying to buy homes. And there's yeah. absolutely some real estate markets that are on fire these days with prices rising. Why? Because money is cheaper. People can borrow it at lower rates. And, and so the flip side of that is housing prices are going up even faster than normal this year. So that's like one trick. Okay, there there are a couple of others that are pretty scary. Okay, and this will take a moment. Okay, on average in this country, somebody changes residences about every seven or eight years. Okay, I think on average in this country, somebody refinances four or five times. So I'm just going to say that let's pretend that an average couple. Okay, uh, either buys a home or refinances four or five times in their lifetime. Okay. Okay, and th- and that's below average for the statistics. Okay, well, geez, geez, Martha, we can refinance our mortgage and get only two point eight percent and lower our monthly costs. Well, by the way, maybe those folks have a uh, twenty years left on their mortgage. Okay, and now when they get that two point eight percent, well, they just lowered the payments, but now they got a thirty-year mortgage. Okay, so folks, you have to be careful. Okay, about doing mortgages. Okay, if every time you do a mortgage, you do a 30-year mortgage, okay, and if you do that five or six times in your life, I think the math works out that when you're retired, you'll probably have a mortgage. That, that's not a good place to be, okay, so that's the, that's the trick. And the other trick is, oh, gee, Martha, we can save $200 a month by doing this. Well, if you can save $200 a month, are you going to put that away in your retirement plan, uh, or are you going to yeah. just – pay off your charge card because you bought stuff you couldn't have afforded to begin with sort of a thing. So folks, whenever you do a mortgage, okay, do yourself a favor and be very careful. Okay. Because you don't want to have a mortgage in retirement. Okay. Generically. Okay. The, the wise financial types of the world would say you have to lower your expenses by 25 or 30% in retirement because your income went down by 25 or 30%, if not more. Okay, yeah. so this is a general rule, folks. Well, the easiest way to do that is to not have a mortgage, because if everybody out there listening to me who has a mortgage does the math, I'm going to bet you that your mortgage payments, principal and interest, are somewhere between 20 and 35% of your expenses. So it's a truly wonderful retirement strategy to have a mortgage retired when you are, but that ain't happening. If you do a 30-year mortgage five or six or seven times in your life, okay, and that's going to catch up with you later on. So please, folks, okay, that trick is a deadly one. You need to be very careful about that given the circumstances. I mean, and of course you can, right? So not everyone has to do the, 
you know you don't have to use the bank's pay uh, payback schedule of the thirty years, and and you certainly can make accelerated payments on your thirty year. Uh, and and what percentage rate. of folks do you think will actually do that, my son? I uh, hopefully hopefully no, more than no, half. Don't no? give me the ho- give me the hopefully. <laughs> I, 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 if it's five percent, I'd be amazed. Okay, no, okay. it can't be that. You're, too, uh, well, you're we, being too pessimistic. Uh, well, that's okay. Maybe I'll scare a few people into <laughs> thinking about that the next yeah. time they do a mortgage. Okay. Who yeah. Knows? Okay. All right. So, so just, but you still, I mean, you still certainly can't save money, right? I mean, if you're at, yeah. if you're in the fours and you refi to two point eight, you can probably continue to make your current payment, and you know, you may be able to yeah. save yourself years. There are a lot, you know, you talk with your mortgage broker or your financial advisor about you know, what, uh, you know, the cost of the mortgage versus how much it will really save you, uh, assuming you, you, you opt for a different schedule or, you know, yeah. just, just refinance to a 20 or a 15. If you can do that and you might even get a better rate. There you go. Okay. But, but always keep in mind folks that the, the absolute positive best thing that most folks can do, if you don't have an official retirement plan is to plan not to have a mortgage when you're retired. If, yeah. if you, if you're in that position, your odds of retiring and living happily ever after are pretty darn good for warmups, even if you didn't pay attention to much else in your life. So just be careful about that. That's all. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Trick. All right. Here we go. Okay. In August of 2020, okay, the United States government 30 year bond yield, what you got paid to buy a 30-year bond was 1.23% per year for three decades. Be still my heart, okay? Uh, Folks, that is the lowest number in my lifetime, and maybe we'll have a few more low ones before this is over, okay? When I broke into this business in 1980, Okay, Justin, you've probably heard this before, but government 30-year bonds were paying about 14% in 1980, and you couldn't give them away because people were waiting for them to go to 15 or 16 because we just had an energy crisis and interest rates were stupid. Okay, so they've gone from 14% in 1980 to 1.23% this year. So, folks, that, that's, that, that's trick number one. Okay, and, and trick number two, for a brief moment earlier this year, Okay, every United States Treasury bill, bond, or note was under 1%. By the way, that was on March 23rd of this year. That was a temporary intraday kind of a thing, okay? So, so that's the trick. Interest rates are at stupidly all-time lows. And if you're a saver, and if you're an investor looking for income from your bonds, it ain't happening, Okay, and that's 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 trick number one. Okay, you should uh, know that you know for for folks, it's uh, we're now up to a whopping one point five five. Oh, oh, let me let of, me as let of me yesterday. Go, I want to go buy some more of those right now. Okay, <laughs> okay, so folks, so so here's there is no treat. Here's the rest of the trick. Okay, if you were unwise enough to figure that you're going to buy get paid one and a half percent per year on your money for the rest of your life, you got to do two things. Okay, uh, with that one, by the way, so $1,000, okay, at at one and a half percent is like 15 bucks a year, right? Right. Yeah, okay, so you, so you invest $1,000 in a 30-year guaranteed, no risk, United States 30-year bond, you get paid $15. By the way, um, if you bought government bonds, you're probably in the 22% bracket, federalized. People who are in low tax brackets don't buy government bonds for income. All right. So, so by the way, if you were in the 20% federal tax bracket, okay, you you only you have to take away 20% of that $15. That's three bucks basically. I'm I'm rounding off. Yeah. So by the way, so so you got paid $12 in after-tax money. Okay, for every thousand dollars you invested in that. Okay, now bear with me, folks. You paid a thousand dollars. If we have two percent inflation, okay, in the next year, okay, the the initial thousand dollars that you invested just shrunk by twenty dollars in what it could buy. We okay with that so far? Yeah. So so the thousand dollars you put in shrunk by twenty bucks, and you ended up with twelve bucks after taxes. How you doing? That's okay. So You're doing minus eight when you do the math. Okay. So the yeah. trick, the trick folks is whatever return you get on your investments, you have to take away inflation and taxes to figure out what you really got. 
And by the way, if you do the math on a 30-year United States government bond, or by the way, most other bonds these days, unfortunately, when you adjust for the effect of taxes and even low inflation like we've yeah. had, you, you, you're going backwards. You're getting poorer, guaranteed, no risk. I'm being, I'm joshing there. Of course, there's a risk if you get a little poorer every year and you don't know it sort of a thing. So bonds used to be pretty safe investments that paid lots of money. It ain't the way it is anymore, folks. And sorry about that. You need, you need to plan accordingly on how that all works. Comments, my son, go ahead. It is, it's sort of a, I mean, we've, we, you know, full disclosure, we have been here for a long time where the, where the yield is relatively low, right? If I look at, you know, I can pull up a chart Uh, in 2010, I guess, you know, we, we thought that we thought 4.63 at the beginning of 2010 was a uh, was a relatively low number. And holy and, cow. You know, yeah, because that's because at, at the you know, at the beginning of 2000, it was 6.49 for a 30 year treasury. At the beginning of 1990, it was 8.46. And then if you go back to 1980, it was. 11.09 right so there, you know it's sort of like go. every decade we think we think the new low is is uh oh man they're never they can't go down from here but yeah uh we have at some point you know we do have hopefully have a zero limit where people just won't put their won't tie their money up and so um you know we're now in a very strange position where we we, we sure are. bonds are not the safe high yeah. yielding investments uh, of your grandfather sort of a thing and yeah. you just need to deal with that uh it's reality folks you need or, to least, or even a decent yield right yeah right exactly even a decent <laughs> yeah. yield. okay yeah. so trick here's another trick that people aren't going to be thrilled about either it looks like stock returns will be below their historical averages for some years to come We've got this very slow recovery. We've got a global recovery that's going really slow with the pandemic. It was going slow before we had the pandemic. So so most folks we read and the research we use to help manage our money says, you know, you're not going to get, okay, you're going to get stock returns, but they're going to be below their historical averages. Well, the treat is wait until you see what you're going to earn on your bonds. Okay. So that, and I'm being facetious about that, but, but that's true. Okay, folks. Okay. Uh, you know, our guess, okay, is that you might earn 7% a year on your bonds for the, for the next 10 or 15 or 20 years. That's just a guess. But, but by the way, if you go back to 930.00, just about 20 years, right from today, well, 20 yep. years in a month. If you go back exactly 20 years from today, folks, and, and you look at the average return for the United States mark, stock market, it was 6.25% per year. Okay, so so our guess that for the next five, by the way, the last five or 10 years, it's been 10 or 12. It's been great. But our yeah. guess, our guess the next five or 10 or 15 years is that you'll probably go back to that six or seven percent year return on stocks okay yes it's exciting and yes it comes with some up and down but six or seven percent after you pay some taxes deal with the excitement and adjust for inflation i think you still got to keep some money you that, that's a real tough road to hoe now if you're a bond investor folks that, that's just it it's just where it is okay yeah. yeah i mean there's lots of research that's you know that especially when prices are high right if you know if you if you're starting from a point where where you uh, where the where the PE ratios right the price to earnings ratios is on the higher end and you look forward you tend to see lower rates of return and that's sort of where we are even though we had even though we had kind of a mess here in the last year uh, prices are still on the higher end of the historical average and so we are forecasting lower than you know than historical returns I mean I think I think from our point of view you know it, it may be just if you're if your point of reference was the 80s and 90s as far as stock market returns go, we, we're, we're trying to talk you out of that, right? Remember the good old days when everyone, you know, was earning 10, 12 percent all the time. That's probably not going to happen. And I think a, it's it's more of a new normal to say you're going to be in that yeah. maybe that six or seven range going forward, just based on you know based on where we are now with with valuations and also just you know where we are now with economic growth, right? I don't, yeah. I don't you know, certainly yeah. here in the United States, it's going to be hard for us to can you know to grow at you know at, at five six percent per year. It's just probably not going to happen because we're a very mature economy. Yeah, and and so because of where we are, folks, and this might sound a little scary, you might have to treat yourself to a higher percentage of stocks in your portfolio than you were either thinking about or comfortable with, okay, yeah. if you want to earn any more money. Treat yourself, yeah. Okay, hey, I, I'm trying to be straight <laughs> here, okay, with a little tongue-in-cheek, but think about that. Okay, all right, so the next one, 
no offense to any of our listeners with Italian heritage here coming up. I want to oh be, boy. Oh, I got to stay that right off the cuff. Okay. This is just, I, I saw this a couple weeks ago. It is the most stupid thing on the planet. And by the way, Italy is not the only offender sort of a thing, but let we me talk about the Italian government here. Oh, I'm oh, oh guess. yeah. We talk yeah. about the Italian government. So, so <laughs> the, the Italian, the, I'm just doing finance folks. I'm stating the facts here. Okay. Uh, uh, two or three weeks ago, in fact, not even that long ago. Okay. The Italian government issued some new government bonds that paid 0% interest. Zero. Okay, 0% interest. And there was a huge demand for people buying those bonds. <laughs> now, I, okay. I my assumption is that, is that it was institutions although you probably didn't get that that granular in, in your research but yeah. no no i did not but 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 the books i want i <laughs> folks if this sounds silly that's because it is okay so so the the italian government has issued government bonds that pay nothing and they have been scooped up with abandon okay because people are flying to safety or institute it doesn't matter yeah okay and and the funny part is italy is a basket case Okay, they have been in huge financial trouble. Okay, uh, for for about uh, oh fifteen or twenty years. Okay, <laughs> they're a mess as a country in terms of debts and economy and stuff like that. They've been in they've been a very questionable economy for a long time. And now they're getting away with issuing bonds without any interest, and people are snapping them up like they're going out of style. What is wrong with this picture? By the way, you're, as you well know, your mother is part Greek, and Greece is equally offensive, and there are a couple other countries we could throw in there. But this is so, so – people are so enamored with safety and buying government bonds because they think the world's coming – that they'll get paid zero and lose money to do that. I think that is beyond imagination. Okay, so, 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 uh, basically, uh, okay, what's the what's the treat? There is no treat. This is the biggest trick in the world. Okay, just, uh, I'm just sorry. taking a swipe at Italy. I yeah, think no, probably a lot of it is our institutions, right? And, and you can't, you know, you can't take out a billion dollars in cash and just stick it in your mattress because there's some there's some downsides to that. So I'm sure a lot of it is. Oh well, I have I have an insurance fund here, and I need to. Yeah park my money somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, uh, all yeah. I'm saying is that's what's going on, okay? And that is so funny because the, the country is a financial <laughs> basket case along with a few other countries. And I just absolutely had to laugh. We got about a minute and 20 seconds here. Just want to kind of give you an update on the time here. All right, okay, you got one I, more. Yeah, let me, by the way, Japan, Greece, <laughs> Venezuela, and Lebanon, I'll let me add to that pile, okay, countries that are financial basket cases, okay, uh, that, that basically, uh, it, it's just unbelievable. The, the state of the world and safety and stuff is pretty crazy. All right. Well, so you, say, you, you said we, we'll have to pay back our debt sometime, but that doesn't, that doesn't so far it hasn't uh, been the case with Japan. They've been- yeah. They've yeah. been here for uh, for what twenty years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been playing this this silly game for twenty <laughs> yeah. years, and by the way, they've been mired in a slow economy for twenty years as as a result of that. That is okay. true. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. We did about that. We talked about that. Uh, okay, let me do this real quick. Okay, trick: the financial world continues to invent new flavors of investments to sell unsophisticated investors who need them. How's that? Okay. How's that for warm up? Huh? Well, so it seems like it's a, it's always been such uh, as it always been, right? Yep. That is as it's always been. And we'll get yep. to some specifics, but I'm going to leave people hanging and say, let's take a break and we'll <laughs> deal with that treat when we get back. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> 